December 6, 2021. This morning's class is, and the classes throughout the week are donated in memory of Rahel Bat Mazal by Ralph and Grace Gindi and grandchildren and by Joey Levy in memory of his mother Marlene Bat Angel. We're, on, we're in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Kavdalid, Amudalev, and if you count up from before the widening of the lines, it's four lines up, five lines up. The Gemara cites from the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, Rabbi Azab, Rabbi Sadok Omer, Im lo nirabizmano en mekadeshinoto. If you recall, the Mishnah was describing the procedure, the ceremony of Kiddusha Hodesh, right? The witnesses would come in, we would check them. Once we verified that they were kosher witnesses, they were testifying properly, the Rosh Betin would get up in front of the people assembled there. He would say, Mekudash, to which they would respond, Mekudash, Mekudash. The question was, when is that applicable? When do we have that ceremony? There were two opinions in the Mishnah. The first opinion was that of Hachamim. The majority opinion, the majority opinion of Hachamim is, Ben Abismano, Ben Abismano. Whether Rosh Hodesh will be on day 29 or on day 31, that ceremony was underwent. You would do the Mekudash, Mekudash, Mekudash. We were active participants in Kiddusha Hodesh, irrespective of what day was Rosh Hodesh. Rabbi Al-Azab Rabbi Sadok disagreed. If you call Rabbi Al-Azab Rabbi Sadok said, it's only in a circumstance where Rosh Hodesh will be on day 29. If Rosh Hodesh is going to be, excuse me, Rosh Hodesh will be on day 30. If Rosh Hodesh will be on day 31, in such a circumstance, we imagine, so to speak, as if God already lent his hand to us. There's no necessity for Betin. So the only time there was Kiddusha Hodesh ceremoniously, according to Rabbi Lazar Bar, Bar Sadok, was, Sadok was in a circumstance of Hodesh Shinir Abizmano, meaning Rosh Hodesh would be on day 30. The Gemara will record the other two opinions. Of course, you have two other options. Either you have, we always did Kiddusha Hodesh, Hachamim, or you have only Kiddusha Hodesh when it's Nir Abizmano on day 30. And then we're going to have two other opinions. Never Kiddusha Hodesh and only when it's Nira Shelobizmano. Here it is. Says the Gemara Tanya, a Beraita, Pelimo Omer, the name of one of the Tanaim. Interesting name. Bizmano en Mekadeshinoto. Shelobizmano Mekadeshinoto. There it is. His statement is when do we do Kiddusha Hodesh according to Pelimo? In a circumstance where it was not Nira Bizmano. In other words, it's not on day 30. If Rosh Hodesh is on day 30, no necessity for Rosh Hodesh to be declared by us. If it's on day 31, the way Rashi explains it is we need Chizuk, we want to add to the strength of the circumstance. It's quote-unquote not the right time for it. We're doing it on the next day. We want to remind all the people in such a situation we would do Kiddush HaChodesh. The next opinion here in the Beraita is Rabbi Al-Azab, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Ben Kach, Ben Kach, En Mekadeshinoto. Go ahead. Yeah, you rarely hear about him. Now, it reminds me of when I was in ninth grade, we were learning about Sumchus. If you learn Masechah Bavakama, you know the opinion of Sumchus. The entire class started laughing. And so the rabbi, Rabbi Prague, he smiled at us and he said, it's a shame that I'm speaking to a class who laughs at the name Sumchus. He says, when I was in sixth grade, I ate Sumchus for breakfast. He said, for you guys, I remember years later teaching a class and they didn't know the difference between Shor Mu'ad and Shor Tan. And I spoke to them as if it was just ABCs. And the principal was watching me as I taught them. And 
maybe 15, 20 minutes into the class, a boy raised his hand and said, what's a short time? You know, this is an issue, a bavakama issue. And I slung my head down, I was embarrassed, and then I reminded him of the story with Rabbi Prague in that circumstance. But for me as well, I'm not embarrassing you, Judah. For me as well, Pelimo is not a, uh, it's not a household name, neither is Sumchus. Sumchus in Maseche Bavakama is, Pelimo never really is. Pelimo was the name of one of the Tanaim, not an everyday name. Anyway, so the second opinion here in the Beraita is the opinion of Rabbi Azab Rabbi Shimon. What does Rabbi Azab Rabbi Shimon state? He states it a bit differently, or fully differently. He says, you want to know when we do Kiddush HaChodesh, Ben Kach, Ben Kach, En Mekadeshinoto. We would never have this ceremony of Mekudash, Mekudash, Mekudash. That was not an entity which was handed over for us to do. It's not that we didn't establish the Chodesh, it's that we didn't have a ceremony to do so. Why not? I understood all the opinions until now. Well, if you're doing it all the time, I understand the Chodesh HaZelachem, it's your responsibility to make a ceremony on it, If you do uh, uh, around it. If you're doing it on Bismano, I understand as well. You're contrasting to Shiloh Bismano, you're saying HaKadosh Baruch Hu handles Shiloh Bismano. If you're telling me Shiloh Bismano, you're saying it needs Chizuk, it's the day after 30, and as a result, people are starting to wane in their excitement and their anticipation of the month. You need to step in. You never do Kiddush HaChodesh the Pasuk describes how you're supposed to be Mekadesh the 50th year. What's the 50th year? Of course, it's the Yovel year. And the Pasuk, in an almost redundant way, says, And then the next word, which is interestingly left out over here, is Shana. In other words, it doesn't just say you should establish, you should sanctify the, 50, the year 50. It says you should sanctify year 50, year What's that extra word of shana? The derasha shani matamikadesh viatamikadesh chodashim and bilazab ribi shimon argues when do you do a kiddush of sorts, you do it on years, meaning on year 50, on yovel year. You don't do it on months. The establishment, the statement of the Rosh Betin, of Mikudash, Mikudash, of our ceremony of bringing forth the sanctity is only to be performed according to bilazab ribi shimon on the 50th year. I mentioned on Shabbat in a different context. It's worth returning to it in this context. Ramban Nachmanin's commentary to the Torah in Perek Yotet of Shemot. He's Doresh the Pasuk Zachoret Yom HaShabbat Lekadesho. Of course, that Pasuk is referred to by the Chachamim, Masech Berachot and Davkaf Bet, and elsewhere, Masech Shabuot in the same place. The Gemara refers to that as the mitzvah of Kiddush. Which word in that Pasuk? Uh, uh, is, is leading you in the direction of Kiddush. Of course, Kiddush is what we say. The Kaddisho is the simple answer. What it appears to be from the Gemara and Masech and Pesachim and maybe Daf Kofzai and Kofhez, Zochreu al Hayayin. They seem to be Doresh from the word Zachor. Harambam, as a result, in his Hilchot Shabbat, in his Sefer HaMitzvot, Harambam has the mitzvah is Zochrehu Zechirat Shevach Vekidush. You're being Zocher. The primary facet and feature of that mitzvah is to be Zocher, it's to mention the day. To remember and mention the day. Ramban Nachmani, however, argues it's from Le Kadesho. Now that's a strange statement because Le Kadesho seems to suggest that we're sanctifying Shabbat. We don't sanctify Shabbat. The Gemara Masech Betza makes clear Shabbat is Kiddushava Kayama. It's established in its place in its sanctity. You don't do anything about to that sanctity. The explanation that several of the Mefarshim suggest to Ramban Nachmani is although it is Kiddushava Kayama, although we do have entities in our own life, that are just existent, 
as Kadosh, you still have a role within that. You still need to fill your role of adding to that Kiddushah, making it your own and making it relevant and understandable to you and to those around you. So ironically over here, the statement of Bil Azab Rabbi Shimon is, you're only being Mekadesh Shenata Hamishim Shana. Ramban cites that very same Pasuk of the Kiddashtim over there by Yovel, and he states it's not only relevant to Yovel, it's relevant every single week. In turn, it's relevant in every segment of our lives. Anyway, that's the opinion of Bilazah Abed Bishimon. Says the Gemara onwards, according to whom is the Halakha, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shemuel, Halakha, Kir Bilazah Abed Bishadot. The Halakha is like that second opinion of Amishnah that we're only Mekadesh at Hodesh Bizmano. If it's going to be established as Rosh Hodesh on day 30, that's when you do Kiddushah Hodesh. If it's going to be day 31, Kefar Kiddeshu Shamaim Kivyachol HaKadosh Baruch Hu stepped in. Amar Abaye, Abaye looks to support that statement of Rav Yehuda Amar Shemuel that the halakha is like Rabbi Al-Azab Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Al-Azab Rabbi Sadok Amar Abaye Af Anan Name Tanina says Abaye Af even Anan us we Name also Taninan we learned so in our Mishnah this is one of the only Mishnayot we still haven't learned in Masechet Rosh Hashanah it's on Daf Kafhe the Mishnah over there has the following statement Ra'uhu Bet Din Vechol Yisrael if the new moon was seen by everyone, Bedin themselves, call Israel, it's blatant and shining in the sky. It might only be a crescent, it's the first day of the month, but it's seen by all. All right. Or, the witnesses came in, they've been checked out, and they testified. However, everything's late at night. It's around sunset and we're just getting ourselves ready to do Kiddusha Hodesh. We're just getting ready. The Be- Rosh Betin is opening his mouth. And as he does, it becomes dark outside. The sun sets. It's too late to be Mekadesh at Hodesh. What's the status in such a circumstance? We're well aware that day 30 is going to be, is supposed to be Rosh Hodesh. But we didn't state the words. In such a circumstance, day 30 is not Rosh Chodesh, but rather day 31. It's an interesting and important statement in terms of our role in Kiddusha Chodesh. Clearly, we're disqualifying our last opinion. Our last opinion was Rabbil Azab al-Bishim'on, whose statement was that no circumstance do you need to actually formally be Mekadesh at Chodesh. Clearly, that opinion is not being followed. Do we see that it's only Rabbil Azab al-Bishim'on that you're only supposed to be Mekadesh at Chodesh? when it's going to be on day 30 as opposed to day 31? The suggestion is yes, because look at the word. It says, Hareze me'ubar. Again, me'ubar means it's impregnated. It has the extra day. It appears from that word, the diuk of Abaye is, that that word is telling me there's no necessity to be mekadesh et ha-chodesh again. You now no longer, you missed your chance. Okay, done. You don't need to do it for day 31. It's me'ubar. It's me'ubar mimela would be the word you do use in Hebrew. It's me'ubar on its own. In other words, the word that he uses is now that we've seen it. We didn't have a chance to say the word mekudash. It's established as an extra day month, as a 30-day month, as opposed to a 29-day month. But wait a second. Don't you still need to be mekudash? Says the Gemara me'ubar in mekudash. Lo. It seems that you wouldn't need to state and go through the ceremony of mekudash and mekudash, mekudash. It seems clear that we're only mekudash at ha'chodesh if we're establishing it as a 29-day month. Says the Gemara. Yes. Only on the 30. You need to do, you know, you want to do it on, you 
you're doing it on day 30. Yes, during the daytime of day 30. Yes, so you do it the next day. Is that the way I said it? Yes, it's, you saw it. This case is you're on day 30 and it's seen on day 30. If I said 29, I made a mistake. Okay. So that's the 31 day. Yes. You're always Mekadesh during the daytime. He saw it the previous day. He's running there. He's going to get there before sunset and they're going to establish it. Or he lives close or whatever the circumstances. That's how it's got to be. Says the game. No. You're not Mekadesh on day 29. Of course, you see it at night on 29. And then you see it during the day of 30. That's the case. Says the Gemara, Says the Gemara, perhaps you cannot and should not be middayek. Don't read so carefully. The fact that the Mishnah uses the word of mi'ubar, that month is mi'ubar, it just has the extra day, as opposed to stating explicitly you need to now be mekadesh instead of using the word mekudash. You maybe would have thought to think, and we all understand this. Think about the circumstance again. The circumstance in that Mishnah is everybody saw the new month. Everybody saw the new month in that situation, and maybe only in that situation, I would say, since everyone saw it, we don't need to declare it. The ceremony is only necessary in order to publicize. Now that everyone saw it, and we know everyone saw it, if you have eyes on your head and you looked out at the sky at night or during the daytime, you saw that new month. We don't need to do a. We don't need to do a ceremony. If we don't need to do a ceremony, maybe day thirty will be the Rosh Chodesh because, after all, we're, hand, we're standing on day thirty, and we should be able to establish this as the Rosh Chodesh, even if we didn't say the word Mekudash. Me'ubar. In other words, the diuk in the Mishnah was from the word me'ubar. Why does the Mishnah use the word me'ubar? Why doesn't it say mekudash? It should have said the word mekudash because ultimately speaking, the next day on day 31, you're going to have to do a kiddush ha'chodesh. The diuk is clearly on day 31, you don't do a kiddush ha'chodesh. Says the Gemara. No, we needed to strengthen this point that although you would have thought it's mekudash on its own, although you would have thought that since the whole point of saying mekudash is just to publicize and it's fully pub- pub- publicized just by sight of it in the sky, therefore it should be mekudash on that day itself, that's the hidush of using the word me'ubar. The word me'ubar is not a, 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 not a, 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 a chosen word for another reason, but rather for this reason itself. Does everyone hear when they say me'kudash? But the point, I and mean, listen, that's ultimately maybe the svara, the, for the reason that we don't do it that way is like you, Nathan. In other words, maybe the, the feeling is as public as it is, it's still not public enough to the extent that a ceremony would do. But in turn, the Gemara has no proof, although it's stated unequivocally, although the Gemara stated from Rav Yudah Mashimuel that the halakhaz like Rabbil Azab Rabbi Sadok, we don't have a solid proof for it. All right, the Mishnah continues, the Mishnayot continue to describe how we would accept those witnesses, how we would check them, how we would deal with the questions that we asked them, the answers that they gave us. Demut surot levana gamliel ubakotel ba'aliato. Rabban Gamliel, who was the Av Beitin during his time period, had in his Aliyah, Aliyah refers to an attic, in his Midrash, as they often did, there was an attic area where he would accept witnesses, he would accept the witnesses, and there he would not only ask them questions, he had two diagrams of sorts. Um, one diagram was on the wall, 
and one was on the table on a tavla, on some sort of uh, platform. He put on the table, and he had dimut surat levana. So he would show them pictures and diagrams of moons, and he would say, did it look like this? Was the crescent facing that way? Was it tilted a little bit this way? Was it around that size? So one would be on the wall, you'd almost be able to envision it, I imagine, as in the sky. And the other one would be on the table where you'd be able to more carefully uh, dissect it. So again, demut surot levanot hayu lo levana hayu lo lerban gamliel betavla ubakotel baaliato shebahen through those with those mare etahed yotot. He would turn to the simple people. I thought a simple person just means they're not able to describe the moon properly. We're also, maybe not you. I'm a simple person on this matter as well. The Omer, he would say to them, Did you see a moon that looked like this? Or did it alternatively look like this? Now the entire and only subject the Gemara will be interested in over the course of the next Amud is, how did Rabban Gamliel have pictures and diagrams of moons in his home, it should be forbidden. And the Gemara will spend a lot of time and energy Why? dealing with what we'll see right now. Says the Gemara, umi was it permitted? Shiruyim lachem, shiruyim Share means permitted. Was it permitted? In other words, was it permitted for Rabban Gamliel to build, to construct, to have these dimut surot levana in his attic? V'haketib. Doesn't the Pasuk say at the end of Parashat Yitro, the Pasuk says, Lo ta'asun iti, lo ta'asu lachem. I'm purposefully reading it like that, stopping at the word iti. It's how the ta'amim in the Torah have it. It's the way the Gemara is going to be Doresh. So let me read it to you again. Lo ta'asun iti, don't make with me. That's, uh, what do they call that? A dangling mismodifier or something like that. Whatever, in other words, it's a fragment. Don't make with me what? And then it says, Don't make God's, quote-unquote, lowercase g, of kesef, of silver, or of gold. But what does that first part of the Pasuk mean? So that's the derashah. You should not make kidmut shamashai. You should not make like those who are, quote, with me. Who's with me? Well, those who serve me. What are the servers of me, says God, or say we, interpreting the words of God? Of course, that's a reference to anything that's Moshel, the Torah tells us, or anything that's a conduit to Memshala. The Torah tells us that the moon and the sun and day four of creation are Moshel in the heavens. They have this ability to, so to speak, service and worship and deal with God. Well, if you're making Kidmut Shamashai, if you're making like the ways, like the, the feature, the build-up of my shamashim, that's what the Pasuk says, lo ta'asuniti. What's that? I read the Pasuk carefully for you. Again, lo ta'asuniti. Atna. lo So it's two, it's two clauses in the Pasuk. You're right in asking then, what does lo ta'asuniti mean? Well, what is that supposed to be? Don't make with me. Don't make with me what? So the dirashah is don't make with the, don't make those who are with me, so to speak. Don't make like my slaves and my servants. Slaves and servants of God. Of course, you might say angels. We'll get to that. But right now we're talking about sun and moon. So that's the question. Amar Abaye, Abaye's answer, Lo asrat Torah ela shamashin she'efshar la'asot kamotan. Says Abaye, the truth is, we weren't talking about sun and moon in that dirashah. When the Torah says, Lo ta'asuniti, it's referring to, yes, the shamashim, the helpers, the servicemen, the service 
beings of God. Well, it's not sun and moon. It's rather ones which you could reconstruct. What do you mean you could reconstruct? Look at the size of the sun and the moon. Even our vision of it from here. You can't come close to constructing an actual sun or moon in size and capacity in this world. The reference in the Pasuk is rather to something that you could construct in your own way in this world. That's what you're not allowed. Like what? I mean, what are we referring to? Kiddetanya, as the Beraita makes clear, lo ya'aseh adam bait betavnit hechal achsadra tavnit ulam hatser keneged azara shohan keneged shohan menora keneged menora. What you're not allowed to do is to reconstruct a veritable mishkan or mikdash. That's a place in which we worship God. That's a construction which was brought forth for the service of God. That's something you could build. As a matter of fact, once upon a time, construct. Why paint? He had images of the moon and they said that was a sword. Yes. Yes, important question. In other words, uh, Jesse asks, I keep using the word construct. First and foremost, the word is lo ya'aseh lo ta'asun. So, uh, so you argue it means an actual construction of it. In fact, you'll very much point to this beraita and say, that's what it's referring to. How could it be referring to anything else? You're talking about actually constructing the Mishkan or the Mikdash. As we go along, we'll see it's a little less simple than that. It's even smaller diagrams of sorts. And we'll have to question, does that include even paintings and pictures? If your daughter comes home from school holding, uh, brandishing her new uh, son picture, are you going to have to tell her, Lo ta'asuniti, get it out of the house or not? Get, give, it a li- give it a little... Yeah. One second, we'll have to hit the punchline in the Gemara for the answer to that, which will take us till tomorrow. But in terms of the Mikdash and Mishkan, it's only, that's clear right now what we're doing, only if you're doing it in its size, in its capacity, right? At this point... At this point, a picture of the Mishkan is not posing a problem. At this point, no pictures are causing problems. It's only if you're actually doing it. That's at this juncture of the Gemara. No question. Aval say what you are allowed to do is, Shal Hamisha, Vishal Shisha, Vishal Shemona, Vishal Shiva, Loya Ase, Afilu, Shal She'an Minem Matachot. So, however, the concluding line of this Beraita is, what you're not supposed to do is anything in the Mishkan, anything in the Mikdash, even the Menorah. However, if you construct it in a way different than the way it looked and was and was permitted to be in the Mishkan and the Mikdash, that's permitted. For example, if you do a Menorah which has five or six candles, says Rashi, or even eight, that's permitted. Seven would be problematic. Seven, of course, is the Menorah of the Mikdash. Six, five, eight, none of those are the Mikdash. Of course, Maris says, uh, I've walked down to the Kotel, even recently, in the last 10, 15 years, not when I lived there, but in the last 10, 15 years, and you'll see there's this large construction of a Menorah outside. Is that, what's that? Of course with seven. Of course with seven. Outside Purat Yosef, they say that's going to be in the new Mikdash. How is it permitted for them to do that? The short answer to that question is they did it with the intention of building it for the Mikdash. So that's already different. But does that mean that if I'm to construct it in the same fashion today? Well, that's clear over here. Clear over here is if you follow the procedure of how it's a kosher menorah and you built that, that would be a problem. Okay, uh, says the Beraita onward. However, you sh- and not only that, you can't even make the menorah of sha'ar matachot. You can't even make it of other metals. In other words, not only gold as it was, it was miksha zahav. You can't make it any other metal. Why not? 
The answer is, as Rashi points out, the Gemara Masech Menachot has a dirasha from the Pesukim. The Pasuk goes like this, Ve'asita menorah. Right, the Pasuk says you should make a menorah. That's called kelal. That's a general statement. Then it says, Zahav Tahor. That's a specific. That's what we call kelal. And then it says, Miksha Te'ase, you should make it one item. So that's what we call a kelal, perat, uklal. It's a general statement, ve'asita menorat. A general statement at the end, mikshat, should be made out of one block. And in the middle, you gave me details of zahav tahor. Now the derashas, we know from the 13 midot, goes like this. Klal, uprat, uklal, e'atadan, ela. Ke'en ha-perat, it's ke'en ha-perat, means be similar to the perat, but generally speaking, that's very inclusive. And therefore, the perat tells me it needs to be not exactly gold, but rather metal. That's the derasha. Ke'en means just like, not identical to. The fact that the Torah tells it to you in such a fashion, according to our understanding of Torah, is ke'lal uprat uklal, it's a method, it's a literary device for teaching you how to read this. Don't read this in an overly specific fashion. Read it a little bit more broadly. Read it as a paradigm instead of a absolute example. So that being the case, Afilusha, any metals are permitted. That's this derasha. Wait till you read the next opinion. Rabbi Yosef bar Yehuda Omer, Avshel Eitz lo ya'aseh kederek she'asu malchebet hashmona'eh. This next opinion, that of Rabbi Yosef bar Yehuda, and he's speaking even historically, he says you can't today even make a menorah which is made out of, which is constructed from wood. Wood? Read the pasuk again with me. Uh, uh, you're supposed to make, uh, what's the pasuk again? Rashi quoted to us. Ve'asita menorat. Zahav tahor mikshati ase. What are you talking about? How'd you get to wood? The answer is there are two ways, we've, we've discussed and should again in other contexts, two ways of reading these types of situations where you have something general in a single pasuk sometimes, then something specific and then general again. One way is the way we just mentioned, kelal, uprat, uklal. Kelal means collective, larger vision, smaller vision, larger vision. You say the larger vision is what subsumes, but the smaller vision still tells you a detail. The other way of reading this is what's called ribui, mi'ut, and ribui. Instead of envisioning it as just something that's, that's general, you mention it, you, you understand it as something that's all-inclusive. So all-inclusive and all-inclusive surrounding the middle, which kind of gets blanked out. In other words, the description is, this is the way they made the menorah in the Mikdash. This is the way they were supposed to. In the future, however, everything's open to you. Ribui mi'ut and ribui. The ribui is the operative part. Ribui lirabot means to add. As a result, you're even permitted to make menorah from wood. What are you not allowed to, even according to this opinion, the Gemara Masech Menachot makes clear, not about make it out of earthenware. Clay was looked at as haram. That's Mabisir uh, for the Mikdash. What's that? Well, also tuma, but so does metal. But yes, but that was the difference between the two, indeed. Now, his statement over here is, again, this is just technical for our purposes. Let me first bring you out for a moment. Why are we quoting all this? We're quoting this all to resolve, to bring forth a resolution for how Rabban Gamliel was able to make this, the moon in his home. How was he able to make it? The only matters which you're not allowed to construct, Asuniti, the only shamashim, so to speak, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're not allowed to bring forth are the ones that you could make 
in their full form. You can't make a sun and the moon in their full form, but you could make a menorah in its full form. Not allowed to do that. What sort of menorah? Side point. A torah menorah that would be kosher in the mikdash. What type of menorah was kosher in the mikdash? Either a menorah with eight candelabra, with, uh, excuse me, with seven Hanukkah, with seven uh, uh, nerot and made out of metal, or seven nerot even made out of wood. Now the statement in terms of made out of wood says it'll be also a bit of Yehuda. He brings a historical fact or uh, reality. He says that's the way they made it in Beit Hashmonai when they entered into the Mikdash. How appropriate for the last day of Hanukkah, right? When they entered into the Mikdash, they made, they constructed the last menorah out of wood, says Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehuda. Amru lo, the Hachamim responded to Rabbi Yosef Bar Yehuda. Ah, you believe the legend. That's not what actually happened. That's what the simple onlookers believed afterwards. Misham re'aya, you think that's proof? That's not what happened when they entered into Mikdash. Shifudin shel barzel hayu. The reality was that they took sticks, they took poles made out of iron. Barzel's iron, I think, right? And vehipum beba'at. I think that's aluminum, Rashi says, bedil. That's aluminum, right? And tin, excuse me, tin, very good. So they took uh, these iron uh, uh, poles and they then plated them with tin. And then as a result, pause for a second, as a result of tin over time becoming tarnished and, and iron over time becoming tarnished, people looked at it and it appeared to them as if it was made out of wood. It was never made out of wood, of course, it was made out of metal. We go, kelalu pratu klal. That was the reality. Again, none of this has bearings on our halakha in this Gemara, but it's an interesting reality. You should know furthermore, say the hachamim you know the history? He'ishiru, when they got more rich, asa'um when Beit Hashmonae gained some strength, they then constructed the menorah out of silver. They became even more wealthy. They made them. They made the menorah. They made those nerot out of gold. Which means, say, at this juncture in the Gemara, at this juncture in the Gemara, Rabban Gamliel is okay. The fact that he made those moon structures, that was okay. We have no problem with that. What sort of structures are you not allowed to make? Ones like the Mikdash, which you could actually make yourself. You can't make a Shohan that was like in the Mikdash. You can't make a Menorah like in the Mikdash. You can't make a room, an Azara, or a Hechal that similar, were similar to that of the, Mikdash, of the Mikdash. However, if you're making the moon or the sun, that's permitted. Says the Gemara, is it really so that those helpers, so to speak, of God, those shamashim, uh, like the sun and the moon, which you can't construct in their fullest, you're allowed to make them in a smaller sense, in some sort of other depiction? Vahatanya, doesn't the Beraita say explicitly that it's not so? iti, lo ta'asun kidmut bamarom. What are the words explicitly in this Beraita? Don't make like my helpers in the marom. Marom means the heavens. What are you referring to if not the sun and the moon that's it Rabban Gamliel you can't tell me the reference not Pasuk is like the Mikdash Mishkan type of stuff it says explicitly in this but I tell like the sun and the moon Amar Abaye says Abaye that's not what it means Lo asra Torah ele demut arba'a panim bahadeh hadadeh says Abaye resolving Rabban Gamliel explaining that but I tell says it's true you're not allowed to make beings like those up in the heavens beings like those up in the heaven go read Ma'aseh Merkava read the chapter in Yeh skill which describes what it looks like up there. You should know up there, there's not just sun and moon, the description near Hezkel. There's also four-faced entities. What sort of four faces? There are four animals that 
a human being and a shore and a nation and an aryeh. You're not allowed to make all of those together. When you're making your depiction, don't read Sefer Heskel and to make a picture of a human being or construct a human being, a shore, a nation, an aryeh all together. That's what you're not allowed to do. To make a sun, to make a moon, even to make a human being or to make a shore and whatever you want to make in those respects, all permitted. We're again resolving for Rabban Gamliel. We thought that Beraita was going to knock out Rabban Gamliel. You're not allowed to make Kidmut Shamashai Bamarom in the heavens. The answer is, it's true, but only if you're making it quote-unquote like the real heavens, the heavens above, those of Demut Arba'a Panim. Okay, we'll continue with this tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen.